Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. everyone and welcome to episode 452 of Longbox Heroes. I'm Todd, joined with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe? I've been 452 since the beginning. Is that something I should know? Well, you know, 52, you know, the number that DC clings to. Oh, you're, you're about 52. You're 452. That's right. Because when you're 452, you're 452 for life. Oh, wolf kisses. That's right. It's my favorite thing. So how are we doing today? You doing okay? You can't do those anymore. That's dead now. That's that's dead? Wolf kisses are dead? I didn't get the memo. Yeah, well, I think we'll we'll be addressing the memo on at odds with wrestling this week. Oh, then I'm not going to get the memo twice, apparently. Uh, Would you like to know what's on the show this week, Joe? Sure. What do we got to talk about? Did anything Um, happen in the last week since we've recorded, Todd? Hey, do you want to know what Tom King is doing? We did for a little while. We'll tell you about that. Uh, a, you know, a sport gets involved with a comic company, and I'm all for it. See what I did there, Joe? Nope. Okay. Um, what DC's canceling now, and also a, a book that Joe loves, I like, but Joe loves, is also getting, like, what, a billionth printing? I'm not really sure. We'll get into it. Also, uh, con news free digital books and sales what we read last week which were both two number threes dial h for hero number three and assassination number three i had to look that up because i always want to say assassination nation but i didn't so that's good also what we're looking forward to this week then there's something in my show notes that's redacted so i won't give it away here but it says you know how you can help out the show and many exciting things coming joe knows more about it than i do um also uh my art attack todd's art attack and we have a super light cloak and uh tv talk at the end of the episode which is just cloak and daggers episode this week we're in a lull for tv joe a lull A one-week lull before we get two shows this week coming up and then another show a week after that. So A lot of really big shoes. Did you not go to see Brightburn this weekend, or what's it called? Brightburn. I did not get a chance, Um, but I am definitely – I have my tickets already. Uh, Well, our good friend Tom, the artist, has my ticket for Godzilla, King of the Monsters this week. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I like Godzilla, all right? He's a good guy. He's good at sports, but uh, I don't know. Opening weekend on that one, maybe we'll uh, let somebody well, we, else handle that one. You never know. I might have an extra ticket. Mm-hmm. So if you're available on Thursday at seven o'clock, you know, near your uh, super secret science job, maybe if we still have one, it might be free for you. Right. We'll see. Mm-hmm. So into the news. Uh, as Todd mentioned, a new sport, not a new sport, but a uh, first-time-ever sport getting involved with Marvel Comics uh, way, way in the past. Football has been kind of mostly engaged with uh, Marvel Comics, whether it be uh, Super Pro back in the 90s with the more recent uh, Jets season did like some sort of Marvel Hulk Thor night or something. Mm-hmm. They've done the uh, NCAA college football covers they did for a while. Mm-hmm. They Yeah, they have a lot of inroads with football. Right. So in conjunction with the USGA, the United States Golf Association, Marvel is going to be putting out an educational comic to teach junior golfers the essentials of the game. Right. This seems like a natural, man. Mm-hmm. You could have, like, Tony Stark out there teaching you how to, like, uh, do golf stuff. Hey, you know Tony Stark made a fortune in physics. To do golf stuff. Right. I don't know, teach you what a par is and a birdie mm-hmm. bogey and stuff and, like that. And also, if you're going to be attending the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach this year, they're going to be giving away posters with this as well. Oh, no comics, though. That's no right. comics yet. I was looking to see if it's available for sale on the uh, USGA website yet, and it is not. Mm. 
think that's you know she gets some big names on there. That's why uh, that's why Dan Slott is behind on Fantastic Four. You've got you've got three different variations of the rules of golf available, Ooh. and an, uh, something called a stimp meter. Oh, that does not mention that does not measure how many stimpies you have. That's right. Right. I'd like to know how many stimpies I have, but uh, you're a big golf fan, aren't you, Joe? Nope. I I I'm not a golf fan. I love playing golf on uh, video, like video game golf. I will admit there are times that I've spent many an hour uh, with, well, you know, friends, you know, back when I smoked uh, playing uh, golf against each other or football or other stuff like that. But that's the only that's the only reason I know anything about golf was because I used to play it uh, on the PlayStation back in the day. I was going to say I like mini golf. I do like mini golf. I like neon mini golf up up at the bowling alley near my house. Yeah, I, t- I took my kid there uh, one time last year when he had to go get some shots or whatever. We had the day off. We went to the comic shop, got some pizza next door, and then we went to mini golfing. And got some golf shots? That's right. No, not golf shots. Mm. But uh, the stimp meter, Todd, yes, is a 36-inch aluminum ball or alum- aluminum bar with a v-shaped groove to precisely measure uh how far the ball is from the uh hole if need be oh that's so they know who can who putts next if they're too close right how much would you pay for a stimp meter todd oh the only way i would buy a stimp meter was if it was through our amazon click through and i'd pay a lot well i don't know if this is available through amazon but if you're a USGA member, you can get a 36-inch ruler for the low, low price of $115. Mm, that's a very short ki- uh, king or queen. Get it? A 36-inch ruler? Now you can get an off-brand <laughs> model through our Amazon click-through <laughs> for $96. Well, I'd go with that one. Right, that's the one I would go for as well. But they I don't have, know. Like, if if they're going to do it, they should have a Marvel stimp meter, don't you think? Yes. Like, I would be all over, like, a, a Tony Stark stimp meter. His Tony Stark and his stimp meter armor mm-hmm. now, <laughs> for measuring where golf balls are. And the other thing, this is the first time in 30 years that uh, USGA is changing the characters in their Rules for Younger Player book. Oh, who was it? Like Golfy the golf ball? No, it was uh, the Peanuts and Snoopy characters. Ooh, Charles Schultz is rolling in his grave. Right. Well, Marvel's the hot hand. They're only getting involved with Marvel, like, right after the movie franchises are pretty much done. Thank God, though. Can you imagine, like, Endgame would have been, like, the Wakandans and all the Avengers just hitting golf balls at Thanos? Mm. <laughs> if it was the tie-in. You have to make them golf in the in Endgame. All right, we're on it. Right. Uh, so, I don't know. It just seems like a weird partnership, but what do I know? I don't know. I'll be checking the USGA website to see how much that comic rules book or whatever it is goes for. More so to see what creative teams are on it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, another follow-up to a story to the handy-dandy uh, note that I have in my Doctor Doom mug on the desk here. <laughs> right. Uh, we have the note in regards to War of the Realms so far on track. To uh, be what it was advertised as, six issues over three months, no delays, no extra issues with better endings, none of that <laughs> stuff. Right. And then it was about five or four months ago in the solicitations of uh, uh, DC when they were hot and heavy canceling trades and canceling stuff. Uh, we looked at some of the trades that were coming out specifically, and I think most of them have been canceled now. There was that Outsiders trade that was canceled. Mm-hmm. There was the Hitman trade that was like resolicited as a, a Hitman greatest hits. Yeah, the greatest Hitmans. Right, the Lucifer trade, which I think is still on schedule. That was the one that we both said will still come out because I guess that's like a show on Netflix or something. Right. Yeah, it went from Fox to Netflix, I believe. Right, and they just canceled the Art of Adam Hughes thing. Now I say they canceled it. They said that it's going to be resolicited at a later date. So is it really canceled, Joe? Yes. Oh, I'm okay. I guess when you cancel Netflix shows, that's not really canceled. But when you cancel books that they say are coming back, that's really canceled. We'll see. 
Okay. We'll we'll talk. It wasn't resolicited in the August solicitations. You know what? You want to do another bet? That book will be made. Nah. Adam Hughes is bank. They're going to make that. Right. He's such bank they had to resolicit his trade. I'm telling you, there's something going on with like wherever they're getting their trades made. I'll tell you, it's probably something to do with like tariffs or something like that. I think that's a lot of the creator owned stuff that they're having some problems with that sort of stuff. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I I, I had postulated there's a there was a question mark like on the little sheet of paper. It was like outsiders trade no, <laughs> Hitman trade no, Lucifer trade yes, Adam Hughes question mark. That was the one that we were unsure about because you're like, well, Adam Hughes is hot, but all it takes is like for him to do something to get on DC's bad graces. And they cancel it just to spite him. And he's doing those covers for Invisible Woman. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I think when the first one of those comes out and they announce that it's not going to be resolicited, we'll say. Mm, I think it will be. Right. Uh, just one other story before we get to the big story of the week. I know Todd had mentioned it's a, it's a book that I love and that he kind of likes, I guess. No, I was just joking that you it's always your number one, like what you're looking forward to more than me. So, right. Uh, and so that's the uh, Al Ewing Immortal Hulk book. Uh, we talked about about it two weeks ago, how Todd and I were hit, sitting on this hot first print book <laughs> that was worth all this money. And we're dumb dums and we didn't even know what we had, you know. I'm just eating spaghettis over <laughs> spaghettios over the top of uh, Immortal Hulk number one. I was using it to mop up ink spills on my drawing table. <laughs> right. But uh, this week in stores alongside the latest issue of this, I think they're up to fifth printings of the first two issues. Mm-hmm. And Marvel is doing a good job. I know I kind of push folks to get these digitally. I know a little while back they had like a big digital sale on this. And they're even on Marvel's site. You know, when you cycle through their little like five you know, five tile uh, digital comic things. It's like, oh, here's our, you know, whatever our big weekly sale is. Here's our War of the Realms things. And here's uh, Immortal Hulk. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, it's included, like, right now, it's right underneath, for them, right underneath War of the Realms. And that's awesome to see them giving that push. And granted, it's not, like, sales on anything. Mm-hmm. But it's them continuing to push it, keep, uh, attempting to make people aware that this book exists, uh, that the book is out there. And even still, you know, even though they're not on sale, you can get the first like 14 issues for half price digitally. Uh, if you're that sort of person, you could wait for a sale. I know they did a sale, like I said, a couple of months ago, but that was one of those like one day sales where it was just like popped in and popped out. But any comic store worth its salt should be able to get you any printing of Immortal Hulk, because Marvel's doing a real good job of trying to keep that book out there for folks, and uh, I'm very happy about that. Right, I agree. So, one thing that I'm not happy about, neither is Todd, but I'm not happy about what's going on with this, but I am happy how things kind of panned out for us. And that may confuse you, because I was going to tweet some stuff, and I'm like, no, no, I have to save it for the show. Uh, The big story from this past week, uh, one of those stories that kind of broke after last week's episode went live, was Tom King is off Batman. (gasps) It was rumor and innuendo. uh, What was the Megacon in Orlando the week prior? There was rumor and innuendo that he was off the book there. Nobody knew what was going on. Tom King sends out a cryptic tweet thanking his readers uh mitch Ger- uh, mitch gerard sends out a tweet saying about rumor don't believe rumor and innuendo and then of course we get the official announcement uh almost 24 hours later after the story kind of got teased that tom king is not going to be doing his full hundred issues that he had pitched under the main batman book heading but before we get into everything else i have to commend publicly todd who put on his Detective Comics detective hat and started doing some groundwork, asking the questions, talking to the right people, sourcing stuff before he starts making all sorts of ridiculous remarks about what's going on with this book. What? I did? Yes. 
you did. You don't remember that you did these things that you're like, oh, I talked to this person and they sent me this person from this group. Oh, oh okay, yes. Like, oh, well, who's yes. that person? Well, let me go find out who that person is. Oh, here's this person's LinkedIn page. They seem to be a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going further and further down where the story is to source all this stuff before you and I start making all sorts of remarks about this. So we kind of sort of knew maybe like 12 hours before the story officially broke what was going on with this because of Todd's hard detective work. Right. And then I even like, because I do have the text where we were going back and forth and we were like, oh, well, this sucks. Uh, What's going to happen to, you know, like the end of this story? I said, and I'm even like, yeah, it does suck unless they spin it off in another book. Right. (laughs) And and go that route. And I was right on that, too, Joe. I was like batting a thousand on this Tom King stuff. Right. So Tom King had pitched this whole big epic that was going to go 100 issues. And then when he took that little bit of a break, it was going to go like 104, 105 issues. And now it appears as though it's going to end with issue 85, which is the end of the current City of Bane book, which is going to be before the end of this year. However, Tom King is going to get to finalize his story in a separate miniseries. Uh, There was lots of discussion and talk that the higher-ups, the editors, and whomever over at DC didn't like the way the most current story arc was going, even though that was, I think, proven to be untrue because there was talk that there was uh, slips in sales, and obviously there wasn't. Batman is always and consistently going to be a top-selling book, and this is something that we've actually talked to our local retailer about, both in public ways and private ways. How just that name, Batman, our book sells. Right. And obviously the right creative team, both writer and artist, boosts that number up a little bit higher. But when it comes to a DC book, unless it's some sort of big event or brand new number one of something, nothing beats Batman out, you know, as it stands. Right. But the Tom King Batman sells a little bit more than this Batman or the Scott Snyder sells a little bit less than that Batman or whatever it was. So it it feels as though the editors were just not happy with the way the story was going, or they want to get some other new creative team in there before the end of the year, or whatever the circumstances are. But it really stinks that Tom King's not getting to tell his full story as part of the main Batman book. But for now, I'm happy that he's getting to tell his full story that he wants to. I'm the same way. I look at it as, do I think, say, okay, now, did they go below other DC books or no. But do I think sales slipped on that nightmare storyline? I most certainly do. Mm-hmm. Because that was not well liked by a lot of people. Um, do I think that had anything to do with it? Maybe it did. I think another thing is that Tom King, because he left to and left uh, Joshua Williams to do uh, the two epi- issues of Batman and two issues of the flash that he was already writing to be the sequel to the button which, you know, threw off some of the numbers to get to whatever, like you said. Uh, I think he was gone to do that because he was doing stuff in Hollywood. I think Hollywood's come calling for Tom King, Uh and he still wants to do his Batman run, but there should have been more, and I think he honestly kind of went, all right, uh, the sales slipped, they're clearing the deck for Batman 100. Whatever whatever they're going to do in Batman 100, they don't want it to be – he he might have like a down epilogue uh, of the stories doing like we want Batman fighting the Joker and stuff exploding for issue 100. And he'll be like, well, the, and I don't know this, but the end of my Batman Catwoman story is Bat- Batman and Batman go off and are happy together. Or the end of my storyline is Batman and Catwoman break up and that's the end that that would be issue 100 and that's where i'm at and they're like no like what we want is brian michael bendis fighting the joker batman this and that so they're setting all that up because when was the last time dc comics had an uh 100 uh issue number 100 issue so that's the way i look at that but they're giving him 12 issues to finish up his storyline and he's cutting it short probably because he's probably got some irons in the fire for hollywood so it's like this perfect storm everybody has this has this opinion but i think it's 20 things instead of like one definitive thing that's the way i look at it right i think you make the good point that they don't want whatever Tom King is doing to be in that issue 100. Right. 
that it would be a low, like a lull for an issue 100, whatever his story is going to be. Right. But that's the thing. I think it could have been planned that you could have your up moment with whatever's going to happen with Batman and Catwoman to be in that issue 100. If, you know, you maybe move some things around, make one thing a little bit longer to get to whatever it is. But that being said, the decision has been made. Yeah, and I mean, we and the way it made it sound like people were, were like, oh, you know, he got bounced, this and that. And to me, like, unless he really messed up Batman, uh, you don't want to tick this guy off. Like, literally, your Mr. Miracle is, like, winning I, like up for Eis, awards or Eisners, and it's selling, like, hotcakes. And he's like, I have several other 12-issue runs that I want to do stories, and they're like, do whatever you want, Mr. King. Until until you're not the hot guy anymore, do whatever you want. As it always goes in comics. Right, but he is still the hot guy, and they're kind of not letting him do what he wants. No, I mean on those like minis, which he probably prefers to do. Like, those Batman cash the checks, and maybe there will be a... a, a uh, smaller sales because it's not the Batman title, but I do think he's going to carry over every Tom King fan that he had. You might not get all the Batman fans, but what he really wants to do is is write those those twelve issue arcs of stories like Mister Miracle that will be in hardcover for the rest of time. Even though Batman will always be in hardcover, but you know what? Do you know what I'm trying to say though? Right now, I'll I'll kind of throw this in there as two separate little instances. One, is Batman really a character that can be messed up uh, to a point that he can never come back? I don't think he can mess up to the point that he can never come back. But I think they can mess him up to the point that the empty suits upstairs go, who let him do this? We have to sell lunch pails. Do you know what I mean? That's and that the, goes to that Batman the Damned thing where they had like a little glimpse of his donger, you know? Exactly. It's all like what like what we're doing. There's like a brand that we're doing. So I, I don't know. But I don't think you could mess up. I don't think that you can mess up any character. You had Hal Jordan, even though he's not Batman, murder like half the core. And then it's like, ah, oh, it was Parallax. It wasn't him. Hey, everybody, it's okay. You know? So... It all gets wiped away eventually. Right. Now, the other thing that I say, of of course, is we discussed about the sales in the book and whether the sales were up or sales were down during that most recent storyline. Batman is going to invariably sell X amount of books. Mm-hmm. And one would assume that the people that are following and have been following the Tom King Batman run are going to go over to that miniseries that he does to wrap up the whole Batman Catwoman storyline. Right. So for that period of six to whatever months that it's going to be that that miniseries is coming out, they're essentially going to have two books that are selling Batman numbers as opposed to one book that's selling Batman numbers. Could this be the plan all along? Could this have been the plan here of them saying, we know that this Catwoman story is hot. Let's do our other thing that we want to do. You could still do your Catwoman story to wrap things up. And we'll have two books that are selling the same numbers, more or less, as opposed to one book that's selling the same number. You mean because Batman will be going from twice a month to once a month? Well, it's going from twice a month. Well, it's, right now it's twice a Well, okay, so maybe this is right, because I, I know during part of the end of this run, it's, it is going from twice a month to, month to once a month. I think that will be starting as of the beginning of the year after Tom King leaves. Okay, so this uh, maybe is going to fill in that gap because it was, a, you know, Batman twice a month was selling those numbers. That's essentially taking over that one extra shipping. You're still getting Batman shipped twice a month. It's just one Tom King book story instead of two. Right. And I, like, I think a lot of the books that, that end up double shipping are mm-hmm. going to go to, I, at least I think that's their plan to go to once a month for most things. Right. Like the Flash is still two times a month and this and that. But what I think is going to happen is that Brian Michael Bendis is going to come on because they paid him a lot of money to come over. And as much as, you know, Naomi is, is hitting big things and it's it's on par with, you know, Immortal Hulk, uh, what they go for, the early issues. Uh, I think they want they want to make their money back and have Brian Michael Bendis on a Batman title. And what I'm hoping is when Bendis leaves that, even though he can write 17 titles a month, that he'll leave Superman. 
And I'd like to see Tom King go over to Superman. Keep him on a, you know, a, a big-time character. Still do your minis. Like, whatever you want to do. Your 12-issue minis with Mitch, Gerads, or whoever. And have him do Superman. He could do two books a month. Uh, he could do four books a month because we saw Batman double shipping. Or, or I mean, sorry, two books a month. He, Batman was double shipping. He could do action and Superman and still have two Superman books a month, but have them, you know, two separate titles, if that makes any sense. So you're saying the thought process on your end is that Tom King is going over to Superman and Bendis is going over to Batman? Yeah, kind of like the opposite of them on the Walmart books. Right, because I was going to say on the Walmart books, those are being collected as miniseries starting in July, and that's exactly what it is. It's Bendis doing Batman, Tom King doing Superman. Uh, I could certainly see those being the tests to mm -hmm. see how those sell in the direct market to see if Tom King goes to Superman. I think Bendis on Batman is a foregone conclusion at this point. I agree, too. They haven't said anything, but I think that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the Tom King story, very interesting to see how this all pans out, you know? I agree. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to the rest of his run. So right. we'll see. So uh, that's the news. Conventions this weekend, there's a ton of them. There's actually two big conventions going over, going on over in the U.K., one is more a media type one. Uh, one is more of a comic type one. Uh, in Birmingham, England, not Alabama as I originally thought, uh, Showmasters Film and Comic Con has Brandon Routh, Helen Slater, Arthur Darville, and Colin Baker. That's a good run. Mm -hmm. The comics... Salopia in Shrewsbury <laughs> is more your UK uh, or more your uh, comic book folks. Charles Adlard, Frank Quitely, Al Ewing, Andy Diggle, Declan Shevley, Kieran Gillen, Sean Phillips, just to name a few. That's right. The Shrewberries taste like Shrewberries. Mm. The Albany Comic Con in Albany, New York uh, has Fred Hembeck and Ron Mars. Ooh. Which will be interesting because Chicago Comic Con Revolution has Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti, always top tier guests. Uh, Gene Ha, Mike McCone, James O'Barr, and also Ron Mars. So I don't know how he's going to be able to do uh, Albany and Chicago in one weekend, but if anyone could do it, it's him. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have the Lilac City Comic Con in Spokane, Washington, which has Jason Bur uh, Burroughs who you would know most recently as the artist on the Donnie Cates Thanos book. Okay. Uh, as well as Bernard Chang, Chris Kattan, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Wait a minute, on the, the Donnie Cates Thanos book? Yes, Jason Burroughs was the artist on that, was he not? I thought it was uh, Jeff Shaw. I think Jeff Shaw did some of the, like he was doing uh, the interiors and then he moved just to covers. No, I thought he did it right up to the end. Because mm. this website claims that Jason Burroughs was doing Thanos. They got pictures of those Thanos covers right next to him on their website. Okay, maybe he was doing the covers. Mm. I'm pretty sure Jeff Shaw was doing the interiors. I'm going to look that up. You keep. Yeah, going. I'm looking it up right now myself. I don't like to... A man in my position can't afford to be look, look ridiculous. But I will say this. I do want to be in that green room to see what Chris Kattan and Hacksaw Jim Duggan have to say to each other. Oh, my goodness. I would watch that sitcom. Uh, yeah, Jason Burroughs. Uh, yes, I, it looks like I guess he did covers. Well, there you go. Right. I knew he was. I They have the and they and he did uh, covers on uh, Moon Knight as well. Right, to 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 save you. Technically he did art on Thanos on the, he did art on the front of Thanos. Mm. So thank you. That's my no prize right there. Right. And then the Denver Pop Culture Convention this weekend, uh Christopher Lloyd, George Takei, uh Michael Rosenbaum, Patrick Warburton, Tom Wilson, and the animal Dave Batista, not the artist, but the Drax and the uh World Wrestling Entertainer. That's right. Star of one episode of What We Do in the Shadows. You know, uh, Jason over at Podvocacy likes that show a lot. I've yet to watch that. Oh, wow. I, I actually enjoy that show, too. So 
I'm floored. Maybe you two should do it. Again, it's a rare time that Jason actually likes a good show, apparently. Exactly. So you can actually listen to some of the other shows in the soon-to-be-named network, like uh, Jason and David's two shows, Podvocacy and Wrestling on the Edge of Forever, and you could hear some of Jason's uh, bad choices in film and entertainment. <laughs> and David forces him to watch professional wrestling, the only good entertainment he gets to watch in his life. Uh, other shows in the soon-to-be-named network, of course, is this show, uh, Long Box Heroes, Long Box Heroes After Dark, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, and I think that's it these days. Uh, no fresher and parlance in quite some time and no nothing else these t- these days. Mm-hmm. But uh, anytime any of these shows pop up or any of us on those shows pop up on other shows, as long as they remind me, you can find them all over at soon-to-be-namednetwork.com or soon-to-be-namednetwork.tumblr.com. Yes. And uh, also, over, and this is all in the show notes, of course, along with the digital sales and freebies. Uh, some of the sales still held over from the last couple of weeks. Dynamite is having a sale on all their crossover stuff. IDW is having a sale on their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff. Marvel is having a sale on X-Men Sagas. Uh, you know, Dark Phoenix is coming out soon, so let's push that sort of stuff. And DC is having an essential sale. I don't know how much different this is than last week's Memorial Day sale. But I can almost guarantee you, you got your Dark Knight Returns, and you got your Batman Year One. Mm-hmm. They had skimped on it for a couple weeks, and now they got to, like, triple down on it. Right. One day my dream will come true, and both those books will be evergreen on-sale books for the rest of uh, eternity. I know that is on you. You want that, and you want it written on your tombstone. Buy those books. Well, I don't want you to – you should buy those books, right? Mm-hmm. I just want to be the one that gets credited with DC finally just saying, you know what? We put these books on sale enough. Just let them be at this low price for the rest of the, the rest of eternity. Right. That's all I want the credit for. That's not a bad – that's not a bad uh, goal to have, Joe. Got to aim low, Tom. That's right. I still miss the mark. So uh, that's all that we have there. Todd, what did we read last week? Let's uh, kick things off with your book, if that's okay. Right. Assassination. Assassin Nation. Written by Kyle Starks and drawn by Erica Henderson. Basically, uh, this is the the hit people that the uh, the guy has hired to to keep him safe because people have been trying to kill him uh, are going to make their move on who they think is behind all the, the, the attacks on them. And, you know, there's revenge because one person has had their brother killed and they have a couple of different like plans. Um, one of my favorite bits is like the one um, Asian character says like, why don't I just like, why don't we just go up and start shooting? And they're like, aren't you worried about uh, witnesses? And she explains why she's not worried about witnesses. And I absolutely like cracked up. I don't want to, give too much away on it. And then the, uh, the one guy, the, the, the black assassin's like, well, I have a completely different experience. I'm like, all right, that's, that's pretty good. But basically the rest of this issue ends up being just a straight up, you know, shoot them up, uh, which while is, is very good. I think, you know, this is going to be great when it's a cartoon on adult swim, <laughs> which would be perfect. But, uh, and we get, uh, the, the one main character is looking for the person who killed his husband. And now he believes it was another hit person. And he's starting to put, he says that he's starting to put together with this, this group who we might think is the person who had done him wrong. Uh, I mean, th- this book flows along great dialogue. It looks great. Uh, but it's, you know, tough to explain like literally like most, like 80% of this book is just, you know, fun action as you know hitmen are killing a bunch of you know uh hired goons if you will right so if you didn't say it of course uh written by kyle starks with art by erica henderson yes i did okay uh so you know obviously as you had mentioned they they uh the remaining top ranking hit people right are going after number one obviously they think that he's the one behind it or at the very least the person he works for is behind it Mm -hmm. i think it's one of the people that are remaining that did it oh i totally agree right and i definitely think there are clues there that we just don't see and don't get right 
Um, and I do also want to kind of point out there's a fun gag, and I think it's in the preview of this. If you go find like a preview of the book, mm-hmm. uh, when they're putting their plan together of how they're going to do this, and is he talking to Bishop of the Smoke? I forget which character that is that he's talking to, mm-hmm. but she's an Asian woman. And she regales a tale uh, how easy it is for her to get away with what she uh, does as a hit person. Right. When they have the 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 flashes to people being interrogated of them being able to nail down what ethnicity she is and the right. gimmick of how old did you say she was? Somewhere between 15 and 500. Right. That That cracked me up. Yes. Um, just to, to, you know, to blow up your spot. The thing that I was talking about when I said why she's not worried about witnesses. Right, right. Okay. Just, yeah. But I, like, I wanted to throw in that gag that she's between 15 and 500. Right. I love that whole scene. And, like, it just, that's great. And, like I said, how the the the, uh, the one uh, black hitman is just like, I have completely different experiences <laughs> with that. Right, so that's uh, kind of fun ways to deal with some sort of race and gender politicky stuff mm-hmm. uh, in a book that's essentially an over-the-top shoot 'em up blood and guts, people's heads being destroyed humor book, if you will. Right. Yes. And Todd offhandedly mentioned that when this gets made into an Adult Swim show, I'd be okay with that. I'd, have... I'd like to see Kyle Starks and Erica Henderson get a nice uh, fat TV payday off this off this book. I would like to see the Kyle Stark show on Adult Swim and each season just do one of his books. Well, I know we had talked before, and was it Rock Candy Mountain or was it Kill 'em All, the Patreon book that got picked up, or the Kickstarter book that got picked up or optioned or something? Like, it got optioned, but that's as far as it got. You know what I mean? Right, right. So the fact that Hollywood's sniffing around some of the stuff that he's doing. Right. I'd I'd be cool with them doing just the Kyle Starks block of animation, just taking all of his properties and going nuts with them. I agree. Right. So the other book uh, that we read from this past week, I'm not sure. Did you read this as well? I actually, here to surprise you, I decided to get caught up on Heroes for Hire so I can talk about this book with you. Well, you read Heroes for Hire. I read Dial H for Hero. Why do I keep saying Heroes for Hire? I don't know. It's the H's. I think I even said it in the uh, opening, now that I think about it. Right. I didn't correct you then, but I'm correcting you now. So it's the uh, it's the Triple H book, because there's only two, or it's two H's. If it's three H's, I'd get you. Right. Uh, written by Sam Humphreys with art by Joe Quinones. Uh, the continuation of everyone trying to get that red phone, uh, which is what the H dial has kind of formulated itself as. And they're trying to, all these people are working to get the dial to Mr. Thunderbolt while Miguel and Summer have it. And this is more of a Summer issue. And I don't want to say that's because of the season, but that's the (laughs) character's name. We get a little bit more of her backstory in this. as she gets to use the H dial and become a character. And I do like, you have the mix in the middle where... The villain, I guess, the cop who is working for Mr. Thunderbolt, uses the H dial and essentially becomes a mix of Delirium from the Endless Family and Black Orchid. Yes, she becomes a Vertigo character. She becomes a Vertigo character, and then Summer uses the H dial and more or less becomes, what, I guess, Harley Quinn mixed with the Creeper? I was going more of like a tank girl kind of a thing okay because she had that look like she had that like weird like pack on at one point i don't know it looked like a tank girl comic to me mixed with something maybe harley quinn right but now we get to see these two essentially different genres mixed together and i do like how the book when the cop character essentially becomes delirium black orchid the entire feel and look and flow of the book changed Yes, because even to the point where the one uh, the character says, like, why is she just babbling? Which the worst of Vertigo was pretty much, they hey, it's it's deep and thought-provoking if it doesn't make any sense. 
So not only is it deep and thought-provoking, but it's also in word balloons and fonts that are difficult to read. Yes, the delirium font. (laughs) But I like the things that Sam Humphreys is doing with this book. Uh, It's not my favorite of the Wonder Comics line. I still say that goes to Wonder Twins. But this book essentially is Sam Humphreys and Joe Kionez getting to do all these different genre pastiches and kind of mixing them together. Uh, You know, in that first issue where we had, like, the truck character? Mm -hmm. Who essentially was, what if Rob Liefeld designed the Transformers? Mm Mm-hmm. So you get to see all these little fun things that you don't need to have a full, you know, story arc pitched for. You don't need to have a full six-issue run, or you don't have to have a full beginning, middle, and end. You have a design, you have a concept, you have six to ten pages, and you're golden. Right. I like the fact that, like, an issue ago, we had, like, the mystic, like, Kung Fu Zonky. Yes. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the best. The sad part is one of these is going to catch on, and then they're going to have to figure a way to keep it around. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're going to find the the one power character that's so stupid, everybody loves it, and DC is going to be like, you know what? Give Zonky his own series. Well, I could certainly see, you know, he develops eight or nine characters, one for each thing on the dial. And this book does a good enough, you know, sales run, trade run, whatever it is. And they do decide to launch it as a full series. You've got your eight to nine characters already established. And then you give it to another character, and then you could throw some new characters in, and that's the way to do things. And being a longtime fan of the Dial H for Hero concept, spoiler, not spoiler, I love the cliffhanger ending. Oh, Saka McGee. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't know. I had to go look that up. Because uh, I, I am not a oh. Dial H for Heroes for Hire fan. So I had to look that up. Well, they tip it a little bit in the beginning there. Right. Uh, That's what I, I used to look it up, yes. Right. I'm no I'm no Mark Wade when it comes to Silver Age knowledge. Mm-hmm. But that's one that was uh, right on the nose for me. And I really enjoyed this book. And I, like I said, I like this book a lot. Definitely check it out. I don't want to say... It's not my favorite because Wonder Twins is, and Wonder Twins is great. I've been liking these Wonder Comics miniseries is more than the actual main book, the Young Justice book, just because I feel as though they're doing more different and unique things with these books. Right, definitely. And when, like we said with Wonder Twins, it feels like the best Superman out there when he shows up in the Wonder Twins. Right. So they are they're very inventive and fun. Um, and I want to try Naomi now, but I can't afford any of those issues anymore. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, like the, the wonder line is fantastic. It makes me wonder if now we have to get all the ink and zoom books, Joe. Well, they're, they're ink fighting. and zoom. I'm sticking with creators on those. Right. I'm just kidding. Like I just D- DC trying to have like 70 different, like maybe they'll bring the black label back too and other stuff. I remember the Black Label, Todd. It's my favorite alcohol, Black Label. Right, so that's all we read from this past week. Uh, It was a heavy news week. So uh, other things, unfortunately, took a little bit of a short shrift there. But, uh, of course, we have what we're looking forward to coming out this week, Todd. Mm Mm-hmm. So while we get into that, uh, if you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday around 5.30 Eastern Time or so, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, however it is that you get your books. Be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out this week, be ready for those books. Now, you have to remind me, Todd, did you guess correctly last week? I think you did. Uh, I don't think I did. Okay, so, since you didn't, I'm only one behind you. I thought you did guess correctly. I couldn't remember, and I was too lazy. I think I picked what, I think... I think you picked Assassination as well. Right, and you said no, Immortal Hulk. Mm Mm-hmm. No, something else. What did you, oh, you picked... Dial H. Dial H for Hero. My brain is fried. Dial H for Heroes for Hire. Right, yes. (laughs) So, Todd, uh, is this week a foregone conclusion? Is this just a mere formality to have this discussion right now? 
It could be, don't you think? I always say go through the steps because that's why they play the games, Joe. That's right. You got to play the game. Well, you started the show, so you go first, sir. Is the book you're looking forward to most, Doomsday Clock, number 10? Todd, after talking about the book as long as we have been, I'd be a fool if my book wasn't Doomsday Clock, number 10. Mm, Interesting. And it is Doomsday Clock, number 10. Todd, is the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week also Doomsday Clock, number 10? It is not. What? As much as we talk about it, I have uh, in my heart, near and dear, Wally West. I We're going to get two more issues of Doomsday Clock on time, <laughs> two and a half months, and then two and a half months ending in November so they can get the hardcover out in December for Christmas. But this is the last episode, uh, last issue to fix whatever Tom King has done to Wally West. So, I'm, I mean, like, I am heart and soul really want to figure out what he's doing with this to see, you know, because there's rumors that there may be a Wally West book. I don't know. I want to see what happens. And if it ties in, if they held it back because it ties in to the aforementioned Doomsday Clock. There's so much with with Heroes in for Armed Heroes. Oh, my God. There's so much going on. H for Heroes in Crisis. (laughs) Yes. So um, there's so much going on for Heroes in Crisis that I can't wait to see what's going on. Hmm. So here's in crisis number nine. I assumed we were going to be talking about that next week as well, but uh, doomsday clock number ten. So there you go. We're back to right where we were before with uh, me. Yeah, we're right where we are. You're uh, back in the lead with two correct guesses, right? Don't worry. In two and a half months, it will be my pick. So don't you just like you just check your watch. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Mm-hmm. So, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, of course, be sure to check out everything that we have over there. Uh, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, with this week being Al's Gal's discussion of the attempted and failed spinoff of The Nanny, the uh, ch- uh, show entitled The Chatterbox, about the wacky shenanigans going on at a beauty salon. Uh, also, of course, uh, you could check out the 2017 Smash Sensation. Todd and Joe have issues. Uh, you could also click on our little store button there to purchase shirts and stickers and pins to your heart's content. Uh, and if you want more shirts, of course, you could check out our T Public page for designs inspired not only by this show, soon to be named Network, but also at odds with wrestling. And even further still, Launching today as you're listening to this is our Patreon page. We're not going to hammer you over the head with it. Uh, just a little bit something extra. We decided to see if we could, uh, you know, get a little bit more support. Maybe do a little bit more stuff to become a little bit more independent uh, with the website and the feed and different things that we could offer. Uh, right now and probably for the foreseeable future, it's going to be very simple. A uh, dollar a month, of course, is going to get you our heartfelt thanks. And if you don't already get mentioned in the show, you'll probably get mentioned in the show more often than not. For five bucks a month, you get After Dark two days before everybody else does. Give or take. Uh, day and a half, two days before everybody else. And if you are one of those $5 people and you get After Dark a little bit early, maybe there might be some supplemental material that goes up on the website to assist you in following along on your Al's gals and things of that nature. Stay abreast of everything that we do. Right. If our Twitter and the website wasn't enough, now you have this. Mm-hmm. And, and the... uh, yeah, it's just an experiment. See how it goes. Um, you know, I understand a lot of people help us out by clicking on the Amazon click through, which we'll get through shortly. Um, you know, a buck a month, five bucks a month, any of it, all of it helps. Anything you can do is greatly appreciated, of course. And like I said, it's going to be there. It's going to exist. And this right here is probably going to be the hardest that we push it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, mentioning the Amazon link, click through at the top of the page. Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click through this past week is somebody purchased an Avengers folding soft storage bench. Someone also purchased a Doctor Who meets Scratch Man novel written by Tom Baker. 
Scarfy. And uh, I was going to start singing I'm the Scratch Man. Right. Uh, in a tribute to that, but I decided against it because I would have to do more than the scatting of the bebop bop 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 Right. In that song, and I don't think Tom Baker was scatting as he did this uh, novel. No. Fun little uh, fact about this novel, Joe. This was... Hey, hey, you'd say a lot of wrestling junk, so sit down in the chair and be quiet, right? I was going to say a lot of things fun about Doctor Who. Go ahead. Right, so this was actually a story that he was pitching back when he was playing Doctor Who. And his uh, companion, one of his companions, Ian Martyr, who played Dr. Harry Sullivan. Harry Sullivan is an idiot. If you're a fan of Dr. Who, you get that. Um, but they were going to do it as a movie because the, the it was so popular. And they it got pushed off. And Harry Sullivan, uh, Ian Martyr, ended up leaving the show because they only hired him when Tom Baker was high, was before Tom Baker was hired because they weren't sure if they were going with a really old actor. So they decided to get someone who could do all the action scenes. And then Tom Baker was young enough to do them. They're like, oh, well, this guy's redundant now. So he only stayed around for like just over a season but they had this whole like script and then ian martyr passed away from complications to diabetes and he's had this story since then and they decided just like hey you know what you you want to do this years ago why don't you do a novel and uh and i ended up picking it up so i have to read it yet but uh i'm looking i'm I'm glad whoever grabbed that is going to get a wonderful uh tom baker experience no book on tape version of that with like actual Blorgon sound effects. <laughs> there might be, but I figure they want to milk that out. First, it's the hardcover, then it's book on tape, then uh, soft cover, then soft cover book on tape. Gotcha. And uh, somebody also purchased the Caddis brand ultralight Echo Grip sole wading shoes and affordable, breathable stocking foot waders. So it appears as though someone is going fishing Mm -hmm. and they're being extra fancy about their fishing. So uh, I don't know. Send us a picture with whatever the big catch was while you were wearing this. Oh, yes. (laughs) Fantastic. And uh, Todd, did we have any uh, art attacks this week? Yes, we did. From I'm going to say bloop bloop because I like that name. Uh, he he made a mistake and then had to retweet something out. He had a bunch of prints that he got from Megacon from Mitch Gerards or uh, Gerards. I don't know how to say it. I've heard a couple of different ways. And Jay Lee. So they were Mr. Miracle prints, Bat Bat and the Cat uh, print, and a Jay Lee Catwoman print, which are actually absolutely gorgeous. I love that you know artists have something you know relatively you know affordable that they have at shows, and prints are that. So looks beautiful, don't you think? Yes. And also uh, from Fred Chamberlain, he ended up t- tweeting us that he and it arrived from France. A treasure for the canyon panel alone. His first Tony DiZaniga page, the creator of Jonah Hex, and looking on the art, uh, it looks like it's a page from Jonah Hex issue fifty four. Uh, great uh, page. Everybody should have some Jonah Hex Tony DiZaniga art. If you ever just want to send that over to my house, uh, that would be great. And also, I had one. I, in my sketchbook, got at the Phillipsburg Con a few weeks ago that I got the Rags Morales. I got a Walt Simonson forehead sketch, which looks like the 19 he did before me. But it's absolutely fantastic, and I love it. So, Mm -hmm. Art, we're hitting that season again where the cons are happening. So please post more. And that is a beautiful Walt Simonson Thor, by the way. It is. It's perfect. He does a beautiful, uh, it's almost like he, you know, had some practice. Of course. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's simplistic, but I couldn't do it. Uh, Yes, I agree. There's something great about that, that you're like, man, that just looks like, like, you know, 18 lines, but somehow, somehow I know exactly what you're trying to tell me. I'm a fan of, uh, art that kind of works like that, that looks so simple that anyone can do it, but no one can, or just mm-hmm. that one person can, if that makes any sense. No, I totally get what you're saying because mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's, that's the true master. Like 
there's a lot of people who do this like feathering and you know they add cross hatching and they do this and it's just a lot of noise in the picture but somebody who can do something beautiful with like minimalistic stuff is to me almost more striking sometimes but then again the you know the opposite is like if you ever look at bernie wrightson's uh pro uh when he did the uh, the illustrations for the prose Frankenstein novel and your eyes hurt from all the detail and it's like just so good. So I love both ends of the spectrum to tell you the truth. Absolutely. So lots of good art this week. So. So I guess the last bit of business here is. The uh, TV talk, the truncated TV talk, because there was only one show for us to discuss this week. Right. And that is Cloak and Dagger. So if you don't care about Cloak and Dagger, you didn't watch it this week, we bid you do. So thank you very much for listening to episode 452, Longbox Heroes, Todd and Joe, see you next week, and so forth. So, we are nearing the end of Cloak and Dagger. We got one more episode left. Mm-hmm. And then we have two weeks of uh, only t- two TV shows. So this is more or less the origin story of despair. And I forget, Andre? Yes. I oh, Even though they call him Andre, I'm like, his name's, his name's Despair. Stop saying the wrong name. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Yeah, in my head, I, I keep doing that, right? I get you. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, we get more of his origin story and we get that bumper in the front and at the end about the, uh, suicide prevention thing. Cause we knew as part of his origin story, the migraines got to be so debilitating that he decided to attempt to kill himself. And it just so happened to be on the same night that there was the big accident, rocks on chemicals that gave Tandy and Tyrone uh gave uh what's her face uh detective sol or not uh o'reilly uh detective o'reilly her powers and also gave him powers as well but it didn't give o'reilly powers no no that was the second explosion in the during the season where they were trying to stop it from happening again she didn't have powers until the explosion at the end of season one where it was kind of like a smaller version mm-hmm she went into the swamp where the, 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 the exhaust was. Yeah, O'Reilly didn't get her powers unless they're going to say I was under the assumption she got it at the end of season one. Hmm. I could be wrong. I'll have to look that up, but. Maybe. Right. Anyway, it's not something to get hung up on, right? Everything's something to get hung up on, Todd. Come on. Okay. So, uh, that being said, we also get more of the information about, uh, how he came in with Leah, who was like his right hand woman running things at the motel as part of his origin story. Mm -hmm. While that, that's going on, Tyrone is going out there to try to stop the drug trade or at the very least slow it down. Right, to make sure certain people don't get the drugs, i.e. the people who were doing what Despair was doing, in, like uh, giving them to people so they could traffic them and prostitute them and stuff like that. He's like, I can't stop people from just who decide to take drugs, but these people, it stops. And he does his best Batman routine of like frightening them. So I really enjoyed that part of what Tyrone was doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, I really like this episode, but we're nearing the end. I don't feel that we're close enough to have everything wrapped up. Which is weird, because usually we talk about these shows that they pad them. Like, you know, you watch Legends of Tomorrow, or Flash, or whatever, or any of the shows, and even some of the Netflix Marvel shows, and you're like, wow, we uh, did we really need 13? We could have done 10, and with Flash, you're like, did we need 22, or whatever it is? We kind of could have used 17, but with Cloak and Dagger, you're kind of like, hmm, you're going to wrap this up in the last episode, huh? Yeah. So, but the thing that I did like was that... uh we get the newspaper with the picture of Luke Cage on it. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and they talk about Luke Cage a bunch in this too. Mm-hmm. 
which they they ended up mentioning Misty in like season one for a second, even though they don't mention her by name. They mention like the cop in New York who had the robotic arm, and I'm like, hmm, Misty. And now they pretty much straight up like, hey, this is in the Netflix universe, which I thought was cool, but that's all over now. So right, maybe they can all make an appearance in this show. Maybe that would be great. Well, again, once everything is all said and done and everything, I guess, gets shunted over to Hulu or however they're going to work it, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's where you'll get to see all of the TV shows kind of finally intermingling, except for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. But you never know eventually. Hmm. I don't know. I got a feeling Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ain't coming over. Well, I don't think it's long for this world. I think this might be the last season, in my opinion. Yeah. Now that Endgame is over, you know what I mean? Like, we have the one Spider-Man movie, and then we'll go into Phase 4 or whatever. I'm wondering if S.H.I.E.L.D. will have the ratings. Right. You never know, though. That makes sense. So we shall see. Uh, but yeah, again, I thought it was a good episode. Um, they, they actually explained why. I, I want how we got la- the episode prior where we got Tandy and Tyrone working together superhero ways. Right. Where all the previous episodes, they're going off and doing their own things because they get into a conveniently timed argument just to split them up. At least this time, they gave a reason why they were off doing their own separate things. Right. And they both understood. They're like, you go do this and I'll handle and I can handle it. Right. But this is like when it's time to go for despair, we have to do this together. Right. And I thought that was really cool. The other thing that I really liked, side note, is Despair's plan. He's like, okay, I found out from the the his right-hand man, what was her name? Leah. Leah. That he, by touching her, because she was his nurse when he, when he was found after trying to commit suicide, touching her, he realizes that he creates the record shop, you know, creates the memories. It, it kind of hurts her, but it cures his headaches that he ends up creating the support group for people who have a ton of pain and he ends up shaking their hand so he can get, he can get into each and every one of them, thereby stocking the record store. And it made me hate him even more in a weird way. I was like, that is a genius plan. And I absolutely hate you for that fact. Yes. So that's what I do like the fact that the, he that the villains in Cloak and Dagger might be the most fleshed out villains in like any of the Marvel TV shows. So kudos to them. Yes, absolutely. I think that's everything I have to say on that. Subject. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it just feels kind of like um, I don't know how they're going to wrap everything up in one episode. Maybe they aren't. Maybe they have plans for Cloak and Dagger season three, Joe. Maybe. Or maybe a cross. Or maybe they have, they're going to add an extra episode and have a better ending. Oh, come on now. I know. We already did that joke twice this episode, I think. We don't do it enough, but. Right. Anyway. So, yeah. So, uh, next week we'll have uh, Cloak and Dagger. First episode of Swamp Thing, I guess. And I don't know, how is Good Omens rolling out? Once a week for six weeks, I think. Okay, they're not doing like the Netflix dump with it? I don't think so. The way I saw it was they were going to drop in. I think Amazon does once uh, once a week on most stuff. But I'm, I don't, I, I, I'm picking up, I'm literally picking up Amazon Prime just for this show. So we'll see. Gotcha. It'll be interesting to see. I'm excited. I know nothing about Good Omens, and I've done my best to avoid everything I can about Swamp Thing. Right. I think you'll be pleased with both. I hope so. I got my fingers crossed. And if I don't, it's your fault. You know what? I'll take that hit. I'm fine with that. Okay. Oh, no, I'm just looking it up now. It looks like uh, they are going to dump it all at once now. I thought they were doing it once once a week, but all six uh, at one time. How do you want to do this? Hmm. I have a feeling this is going to go off the rails, because anytime they dump stuff, we either never finish it or... Well, it's only six episodes, right? Right. Uh, I can guarantee you one. Okay. Then we'll do, we'll do one at a time. Yeah. 
One is probably the easiest for me. Okay. All right. So now for real, that's it. Yes. Yeah. Have the plan going forward. You have the information about the Patreon if you want to help us out. Amazon click throughs always there, of course. And uh, longboxheroes.com is where all this stuff lives. Yes. All right. So for Todd, this is Joe closing out episode 452 of Longbox Heroes. Saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boop! Boop!